Hello, everybody. Kyle here. You're listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast, and I am joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing very well, though, as we dive into this episode, our tech troubles have already begun, and we're going to see that as a theme throughout this uh I would say we're kind of formally kicking off season two today in a whole new way for our listeners. We are we've been discussing different ways that we want to tackle uh, our list of subjects related to high strangeness. We thought with our current schedule of trying to do one a week, maybe doing a two parter here or there, it wasn't giving us the proper time to do the research we wanted to do. So if you guys have Mm -hmm. not seen our social posts out there for the month of December, we are kicking off our series. We're kind of dubbing the mysteries of Skinwalker Ranch, keeping with our theme. We are going to be diving into the phenomenon that surrounds this infamous location, and we're going to be covering it for the entire month of December. That means we're expecting to do about four parts on this and maybe, you know, an extra if we need. We're going to try and get some interviews in there. And the big thing is we're trying to get our community involved. You, the listeners at home, we invite you guys to become members up on our website, chaosandshadow.com. We are putting together a comprehensive, I would say, case meeting program adventure for this month where we're going to as a crew investigate the phenomena from at home we're not going out in the field anywhere we're not harassing anyone involved with the case i i was completely online research for the folks that are joining us but we're gonna (laughs) put our minds together and dig into this immense topic because pagan (laughs) skinwalker ranch it is it is a deep subject can i start off by asking what your knowledge of it is uh, briefly before we go and, and start covering some basics for our listener. Well, hmm, where do you begin with Skinwalker Ranch? <laughs> That's the ultimate question. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, it, it, Skinwalker Ranch is a, I almost want to say it is one of the crowning jewels of the paranormal world and everything because it encompasses so much phenomena. It encompasses so much activity and so much mystery. And it, ultimately, also chaos you know chaos Mm. and shadow but like my little play there Uh, but ultimately (laughs) there's so much that's involved in this case and so for me when I first kind of I guess heard of it it was almost in passing it's like oh skinwalker ranch who's scary and I'm like it's a cattle ranch what's scary about a cattle ranch and ultimately the more I kind of started looking into it and I started digging into it and I think the biggest time when I got really interested in it I actually saw an episode of Alien Highway and which is on Travel Channel for those of you who'd like to go check it out. The show is no longer available. It's been cancelled but you can if you have a TV subscription I think you can actually go back and watch it. So they did a fantastic episode on it and caught some amazing evidence and it was just actually outside of Skinwalker. They actually weren't allowed to even go on the ranch at the time because of the government officials that were owning it and working with it and all that good stuff. So for me that kind of kicked off my whole interest in Skinwalker and I had to know more and it's kind of been one of those places that I really wanted to dig deep into and so when I put it on our topic list I'm like
like, well, we'll get there eventually. Because it was so, such a big daunting task that I'm like, we're never going to get this all done in two episodes. It's never going to happen. So this is where our wonderful brainchild of community investigations and a month-long giant case came into this. And I'm so excited because we're actually going to probably now, hopefully, have enough time to dig into the real meat of this case and actually kind of hopefully give you guys some really cool evidence, some really great stuff that we found, hopefully some great interviews. There's just going to be some amazing stuff. And maybe you'll actually get to learn more about Skinwalker because Skinwalker is really elusive. And maybe you guys will get to teach us something about Skinwalker too. That too. That's (laughs) why we invite you guys along for this investigation. So... My history with the the knowledge of the ranch starts similar to Pagan's. I and it had been on my radar for years, but it has only recently started to open up. Uh, let's, I guess, it's a good chance to start giving people some background for it. So the ranch is located here uh, in my neck of the woods in northeastern Utah. It's about 512 acres of land located in what's called the Uinta Basin. And that's named after the Ute tribe, which is one of the Native American tribes that was here, them, the Navajo. Uh, and this is going to play heavily into the story and the lore of it. So if you guys know Salt Lake City, it's about three hours east. And it's a little bit arduous to get to from what I've heard. You know, you're going through mountain passes and stuff. So you got to be careful with the climate. got to be careful with the weather. Um, but most importantly, like Pagan said earlier, this land is not open for people to go to. So by no means are we encouraging people to actually proceed out there. Uh, I mm-hmm. am interested in taking a trip out to the Uinta Basin myself. Not the ranch, but the larger area. That basin actually stretches, I believe, into Colorado. It's a large large kind of, uh, well, crevice in the land there that was formed mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, and and that, that we'll get into later because there's speculation it might have been somehow a meteorite or something that hit that formed this basin. Again, we'll chat more. But we got this 512 uh, acres of land sitting out there named Skinwalker Ranch because of some Native American lore referring to, quote, something that would be akin to, as we refer to roughly demonic entities. If you guys have listened to our past episodes on Elementals, you know we treat them in a different way than most. But in this case, I'm using the word demonic entity to mean it is malevolent. It is very supernatural in the way it operates. It is often thought of as a witch uh, that goes through a ritual and becomes a skinwalker, which is this super malicious, super evil trickster spirit that is out for no one's good but their own. So mm-hmm. this ranch is located in what is called the Path of the Skinwalker due to a Native American feud when the Utes were selling the Navajo into slavery. So the Navajo yes. cursed the land. Navajo cursed the land. They also cursed the people, which the, there's some interesting, you know, kind of confliction in how you, quote unquote, would become a skinwalker. Um, some say, like Kyle said, that there was a witch that goes through a ritual that actually does it. But there's also them saying that there is a Navajo curse that causes it mm-hmm. and that they curse you with this. And you are, you know, you have to go through a, a cycle of a lifetime, essentially, to living out your curses 
skinwalker. So it's a very interesting supernatural kind of thing that happens. We are definitely going to dig much deeper into the cultural aspect of that and to see what we can actually find um, and, you know, see the truth behind the skinwalkers as part of this investigation. So that is one aspect of this ranch, like one teeny tiny aspect. The skinwalker range is so huge and there's so much phenomena that, like I said, I don't know if we're going to get it all done in four episodes. We're we're hoping so, but it may stretch a little longer. <laughs> it genuinely might. It genuinely might. And again, we're we're now in this time of disclosure for the ranch because in 2016, it was purchased by someone by the name of Brandon Fugel. Brandon recently got the ranch involved with a History Channel TV series, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. That series just premiered here in spring of 2020, right about when the lockdowns were happening. So the show got quite a bit of attention in the paranormal community, but yet at the same time, didn't get to, I would I, I would say it's still off of a lot of people's radar. People mm-hmm. aren't aware of the, in, the huge amount of high strangeness going on in that property. So I'm going to dip down and just give them a little bit of a summary of some of these activities because what we're what we're going to be talking about here, skinwalkers. So humanoid entities that can change from a person to an animal. We're talking mm-hmm. about large, mysterious wolves, like dire wolves, uh, huge things that can take many bullets and still survive without flinching. We are looking at strange lights, both in the sky, some that illuminate the mesa there, some that actually shoot beams up into the sky. It's it's a very intense light show that happens seemingly on a regular basis at the point that they're starting to map it out. They've, yeah, they, they say almost nightly. Almost nightly. Mm-hmm. They've also got these homesteads on the property. I think they've got three of them, plus they've got their command center and such. Uh, and in one of the houses in particular, I believe it's Homestead 2, and we're going to be doing more research the whole season to confirm all these things. We're going to dive in deeper on all these episodes. This one is going to be paganized more, again, generic thoughts on this subject matter, letting you know what's in our brains without too, too much research. So I believe it's Homestead 2 that has this very negative energy around it so people report it's got weird haunting aspects to it makes people feel very very uncomfortable being there Um, Mm -hmm. and beyond that in fact that show alluded that some people get put into like a hypnotic trance uh, being in and around that area so it's got some very impactful stuff happening on top of that, scientifically, they had RF meters, all kinds of tri- tri-field meters, things that are detecting radio frequencies, uh, things that are detecting uh, such on the 5 gigahertz spectrum, all maxing out. Like, scientifically speaking, they're seeing anomalies on this ranch that are not possible for how we understand science to work. Uh, not yes. saying it's necessarily aliens, but they are saying this does not fit our realm of science. This cannot be explained by something we accept currently, which is pretty bombshell. It is pretty bombshell. And these the readings that they're getting are dangerous. They're mm-hmm. actually dangerous to humans. So they actually can't stay there for long periods of time to actually, you know, sit there and go, okay, I'm going to sit here for six hours and actually investigate these readings. They can't do that. They would actually physically harm themselves doing it. So it's really fascinating and kind of terrifying. And I have to give props to the investigators because I don't know if I could sit there for however long and take those readings without probably feeling something. 
Agreed. Now, if you've listened to our previous episodes and you know we're big fans of Hellier, you know we're big fans of long-form investigative shows. This mm-hmm. is that. This is that. Yes. This is that on primetime television. So um, I, I really enjoy this. I want to see many more seasons of The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. We're going to be referring to that a lot this uh, couple episodes. And I, I want to make sure people that are listening, if you can get a hold of that season... Uh, if you have, you know, access to a TV package and you can sign in, um, I use my mother's dish account, for example. I log in so I can watch and I, you know, check it out on the History Channel's app. So I, mm-hmm. I grabbed it there. It is well worth watching. This is not, I mean, I want to, it's on the History Channel, so it is, quote, another History Channel show. But it's not in the way you've been trained. This show, first of all, is one of the only pieces of recent evidence that has, has gone into the ranch and looked around. Otherwise, like Pagan said earlier, it has been off limits in its past. We'll touch yes. more on that, but it's been off limits. And a lot of the previous investigative work done there has been classified or otherwise confidential. So this program is in a way going to be our guiding light this this couple episodes. Um, we're going to be chatting with you guys about other sources we're including. But this is very, very important because the owner of the land is letting people on it. In that show, when the phenomena happens, we're seeing a couple PhDs. When I say a couple, there's like two to three PhDs responding to these, <clears throat> pardon me, high levels of radiation and stuff that are being detected. Uh, mm-hmm. There are, you know, extra eyeballs all around. It seems to be very well documented, Pagan. I, I, it is. It's extremely well documented. And, it, you know, for uh, one of the lead investigators that actually is working on this show that they brought in, he worked with NASA down in Alabama. So he is a a very knowledgeable source. He's not one of those people that's like, I'm going to, you know, go investigate paranormal activity. He is looking at this from a scientific perspective. This is not, you know, something that like we would go, oh, hey, let's go, you know, hunt for ghosts. So let's go hunt for aliens. Let's go do this. No. Whereas we are in the paranormal field, he is not. He is in the scientific field. So it's really cool to, that they brought these people in from a scientific perspective. And they will tell you in pretty much every episode that they are getting phenomena that they cannot explain in any fashion but they're catching it and it's all through scientific basis and it's very cool it's super exciting and it's one of those things that i can't wait to see what else they find because you know and the show's coming back for a second season which is awesome thank you history channel for doing that (laughs) but it's super cool because now we're actually seeing something that is outside of the normal investigative measures that we see in the paranormal field they are going completely outside of it and trying their best to do it safely without hurting themselves or hurting any of the people on the team or hurting the land in any way either they're also trying to protect this land uh so they're doing a really great job so props to them for this i'm super excited i cannot wait to see what else they find and i cannot wait for you guys to come and join us on this as we dig deeper into this as well and kind of illuminate some of this because like we said not everybody may be familiar with everything that goes on there because it's been so hush hush for god like 15 20 years so now we're actually getting some inside scoops on this place which is great that is indeed the case. Uh, we're going to be going into a lot of the detail as to how the story really, really started a- as we go forward. Uh, one of the first articles. So if you guys don't have access to watch this on the History Channel or anything, that is totally OK. You can research aside us because we're going to be looking at some sources down here. Uh, we're looking into, again, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, the TV show. 
we're actually going to be planning here, so stay tuned to our socials. Look out for Twitter and our Facebook accounts. We're going to be trying to set up a watch party for the Hunt for Skinwalker that is on Amazon Prime. That's a documentary that goes after the George Knapp experience. And in Mm -hmm. addition, speaking of George Knapp, we're going to be looking at the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah uh, by Colm Kelleher. PhD and George Knapp. So those are going to be, I would say, our big tentpole uh, pieces. And then in addition, I encourage you guys to go out there because Vice, the Deseret News, uh, History, we've got some Utah sources like the Beehive and KSL that are local news. Deseret News is also Salt Lake City. Uh, those things have done some great pieces on Skinwalker Ranch as well, including having independent journalists go out there under Brandon's, you know, guys in the last couple of years to go explore the ranch and go hear some of these cases. So in addition to the TV show, there is free online information that we need to dig into. That's where we encourage you guys to help participate. We're going to have all these sources available. These are just the ones that we've started to collect um, I even Pagan, I haven't even told Pagan this, but I started, um, you guys might know online, you can f- use that one website called Flipboard and you can like flip things into a little magazine. I actually had that on my phone. I started flipping things into that last night because I, once I started searching specific phrases on there, once I started following articles down a rabbit hole, a lot of stuff did begin to appear, but it is harder to find. It's not It's not super out there, but more and more journalists are getting invited out. So there is more and more firsthand accounts coming. Thank you, Brandon and the team, I suppose, because <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch was purchased from the Sherman family who owned it around the 90s. Uh, it was purchased by Robert Bigelow who has Bigelow Aerospace. They work with the federal government on aerospace projects, and Robert Bigelow being a uh, financier, investor sort of type, I believe he made his money in, I think it was hotel investing, but we'll cover this in more detail in the future. Um, He set up a program there called NIDS. They proceeded to, I think it's National Institute for Discovery Science, uh, sets that up in 1995. And he is a real estate developer. I had that in the notes. Lucky me. Uh, So he goes and sets this up. They go start setting the ranch. They build all these observation towers out there because the stories that they had received from the Sherman family, again, ranged from what we said, lights in the sky, unexplained Mm -hmm. animals that like are cryptid types, poltergeist activity, including cabinets and such flying open and things, you know, shooting, ejecting out of them. Uh, They had and still apparently continue to have voices on the property that yell at people to get out. Um, that it is, it is a little bit of everything to the degree that it sounds like when you're there on, again, this 512 acres, very isolated, very, very isolated chunk of land. Mm -hmm. I just, you could see how it would become so unnerving for a family that they would be selling this off to a billionaire investor who's trying to study fringe science. Like when you dive into the story, it goes from sounding crazy to making almost complete paranormal sense. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's very sad what the family went through and all of their terrible experiences. And, you know, if you're unfamiliar with paranormal, if you're just trying to live your life and paranormal stuff is happening to you, it's it's a very scary kind of thing, Uh, especially because they had a lot of stuff that happened with their cattle that was on the ranch as well. And it was a very scary time. So I think when they actually ultimately did sell the ranch, I think they were ready to go. I think they they had had enough. 
And, uh, you know, luckily, uh, Mr. Brigolo actually came in and he did a lot of great science. And he also worked with the government as well, uh, which we'll get into later. But with that, it was very interesting. But he, he was a good guy to actually try to break it down. And I just think that there was so much going on that he couldn't get it all broken down for the world. Yeah, I'm not actually sure what ended up uh, closing down the case there, why why they formally stopped. I heard some explanations in passing, but need to suss out more information. Curious to see, I mean, for the federal government to get involved in studying paranormal stuff at this level is really interesting. And I mm-hmm. I don't know. You a second ago said he did good science out there. I, I, I actually wondered, is that something that you heard? I, I, I wonder. I had heard, yeah, I had heard that they had done some really great kind of scientific studies, but it was all under government control. Like, they wouldn't let anybody in. Uh, I do know that mm. from some people that had actually gone to try to investigate near there and actually got close to the ranch when um, Mr. Brigolo actually owned it, uh, if you were actually caught getting too close to the ranch, they would actually have uh, the police or their security team, whoever it was, they would hold you and they could hold you up to 72 hours without questions. So it was a very scary kind of scenario for a lot of people and a lot of time. And then now that uh, Brandon owns it, Brandon Fugel owns it, uh, you're still not allowed on the ranch and that's just for scientific purposes. And um, they, they do a arrest people that do try to uh, trespass. So those of you who are listening, please don't try to trespass. I'd like you guys not to go to jail. It is private property. I'd like you it not is to be a criminal as more specifically. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you just to ethically not be a criminal at heart. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, he is trying and he's being more open about it. And so it's very exciting that he's being open about it, whereas Mr. Brigolo was not. They were very closed-minded. I don't know if they were closed-minded per se, but I think that that might have had to do with the government involvement with that um but they would not disclose anything so yeah it was very hush hush yeah i can't say for sure what the motivation was to keep it quiet except to say it seems like this land this whole story when we talk about it being confidential or classified until recently you can again go i encourage you guys check out these sources independently we're going to bring more of their information forward in the next couple episodes but mm-hmm. when you read into these cases, it's very hard for folks to get a hold of even Brandon's information. It historically has been something that people have not been proud about. People are not trying to make a buck off of a public story with Skinwalker. That's a really big difference here. Now, surely these investors like Bigelow, like a, like a Fugle here, they're, they're spending millions of dollars, I would imagine, hundreds of thousands at the very least, picking up all these big parcels of land. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got to expect some sort of return on investment with it. I, Brandon, throughout the TV series, talks about how he's really excited in you know seeing what else is out there in the universe, that, that being brought up very religious, he believes there's more out there to it, that there's other things trying to communicate with us, and that's how... You know, what he's trying to put his money towards. Now, it sounds like before the history show even came to them, they weren't planning on disclosing. They weren't planning on going super public. I think he was seemingly going to do like a a private investigation is what it sounds like. But again, in -hmm. in learning more and more, there's another great podcast out there uh, from the executive producer of the show. I have to get you guys the name of that one. 
But I found that out the other day. I started listening to the first episode, and it's the executive producer of the show. He talks about how it came about, how they, the filming, how any of it came around. And I guess he was pitching the History Channel. He was getting his ideas turned down. I don't know if they were actually using the, the phrase, but he says in there, he's like, yeah, we kept getting re- rejections that are like, this isn't Area 51. This isn't Skinwalker Ranch. Like, this isn't sexy enough, basically. So what does he go and do? And he's like, well, let's actually try and figure out who has Skinwalker Ranch. How can we get in there? What are they doing these days? What's going on? So they claim they had to, I think he said he worked for about three to six months um, just slowly trying to get to know the people that are in charge of the ranch. Like it took such a long time because there's such an immense distrust around like the paranormal community that might want to come in and just be vultures about it, you know, make it overly sexy for TV, distort the facts, do all of that. And I guess I guess the folks that do run the ranch from the caretakers up to the owner have a very um, protective view of it. You know, they want to keep whatever sort of phenomena is happening that happening there in its most, I guess, genuine sense and not overexploited. Agreed. I think that they are definitely trying to keep it as truthful and honest as they possibly can and actually kind of just let the evidence speak for itself, which is great. I totally commend them on that because, you know, as we have talked about many times, that if the evidence is there, the evidence will talk for itself. You don't have to talk for it. It's going to talk for itself. And Skinwalker likes to talk a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of evidence that always comes out of these kind of uh, areas. And I'm not talking just on the ranch itself. In the entire basin area, the Utah Basin, there's so much activity that comes out of places. People that have owned um, like bed and breakfasts, other ranches, other areas, you know, just being there, even being just in mundane places like cemeteries they get evidence all the time just from this area just because it's all in that same place and actually isn't even on the ranch itself so the fact that their ranch has so much activity that's now being documented is fantastic but it's the entire area that actually has a lot of information as well so it's really cool that they're actually being super public about this right now which is great and the podcast you were actually talking about um it looks like it was the rogue planet show the skinwalker debrief yes that's um, double- it yes that's it yes the skinwalker debrief i'm i'm gonna be listening to that as well you guys go go grab uh that I, interesting connection to that show that i listened to one of the guys from rogue planet already so i i didn't know that they were doing something there uh on on skinwalker but they did a whole i think they do like episode by episode so if you watch the tv show mm-hmm. the podcast follows it along so i'm gonna be doing that um, it's interesting also to say people out here in Utah do not really know of Skinwalker Ranch uh, on a personal note. I believe they talk about that in some of these articles, but I had a personal experience with that as a friend at my uh, last job out here where I would said to her something about Skinwalker Ranch. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, you know, it's just three hours up that way. Like famous, you know, okay, semi world renowned site, I guess semi, because again, not everyone does know uh, of all mm-hmm. this strange activity. Probably because it is very, very hard to put a name to it. You know, we've been talking for 30 minutes now, and I don't know that I feel content in having hooked our listeners in what this activity is because it is so slippery. This is what we're getting. This is (laughs) 
we're going to, for a second, assume you guys have listened to some of our previous episodes where we talk about John Keel, who is the Mothman author that did, that did all the investigative work down there around the, the Silver Bridge collapse, talking about window areas, zones where high <laughs> strangeness collides. So we'll, we'll be talking about these again in little forums. If you ever want to get bigger, uh, more detailed stuff, take a listen to our catalog because we go through high strangeness a lot. But we do. window area being an area that the veil is thin between worlds. So what, what are we looking at with Skinwalker? Well, again, as we summarize the start, we don't really know. UFOs, cryptids, ghosts, like what, what is that? It's a little bit of everything. Okay, so so how do investigative teams even start with that? Well, <laughs> these are, again, millionaires investing in this property over time. So the budget was not low. The budget for these cameras and stuff that they have installed is quite high. And if anyone knows the pricing of cattle, uh, very expensive to get into buying cattle as bio sensors, yes. which they are doing. They are effectively bringing cattle onto the ranch uh, and other animals, which are part of the TV show, to mm-hmm. try to detect activity. You out there listening have probably heard that your dogs, cats, can see things that we can't. And this plays on that Cows idea. Cows are the exact same way. Cows will pick up weird stuff. They can tell you weather patterns. And I know this because I grew up on a cattle ranch, so I, I know how cows work. And it was really cool that they brought the, the cattle in as, you know, a almost investigative tool in themselves but at the same time the cattle themselves are almost investigators in this in the same way because they are able to actually tell us information that the cameras are not able to pick up because they sense it they know it they feel it there's a weird kind of saying when you have cattle that cattle just know things in their bones and it's true like they know when there's a snowstorm coming they know when there's a thunderstorm coming because when we were growing up, we would have our cows, when it was about to snow, they'd walk the fence. And even before the weatherman had ever called for snow, the cows would tell us first. They knew. They knew like a day before. <laughs> it was really interesting. So uh, it, it's cool that they brought that in. And I'm glad that they're also very respectful to the animals and the fact that they actually do not just use them as a tool and say, here, go investigate for us cows. <laughs> you know, they, they actually do take good care of them. And they actually try to, you know, make sure that this isn't just a you know animal testing kind of thing so it's really nice that they do have a great care for them in addition to having them there for to be animal investigators see now i'm curious to know if bigelow's people were nice to their animals i don't know for sure when you brought that up (laughs) earlier i questioned that because i i get the vibe that bigelow's team wasn't but i want to reiterate it's just a vibe i don't know and it's hard to say because there was no openness you know we, when we see on the tv yeah. show the caretaker of the ranch uh her and her boyfriend or husband i can't remember uh those two love the, the cattle and stuff that are brought onto the property they're they're clearly caring for them but again they're biosensors because this is uh this is one of those paranormal cases that is so reliably active that the government again and again and again takes more interest in this case These are, it feels even weird saying this, but these are indisputable facts what the scientists are picking up. Yes. It's weird to say it because we live again in this world where like facts are so fluid. Like what is a fact? You know, no one agrees on anything in 2020. But at the same time, here we are with a bunch of disclosure this recent season, you know, this 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 last year or so. Um, and, and I think this ranch is a great example of that, where they are able to take high tech electronics out there and get recurring readings that multiple mm-hmm. devices, multiple scientists, multiple Ph.D. folks, multiple uh, people that have long experiences on ranches with cattle 
are all seeing together like this is weird. This does not equate with my previous life experience up until this moment. Like this is pivotal. This is changing. And it sounds like that's what Skinwalker Ranch does a lot is makes believers out of complete non-believers. It takes skeptics. And like you said, it talks. It shows them lights almost immediately to the degree that there is a running saying that the ranch reacts to the people that join it. Yes, almost like the ranch itself is its own entity, which is really interesting and kind of, you know, you've got some kind of Cthulhu vibes going there when you say something like that. But it's true. It does. And it's really cool, though, to see these investigators who are working on the ranch, who are disclosing this wonderful evidence and investigation to people who have investigated, again, around the the basin area and not just around the ranch, because obviously they weren't allowed there and caught similar experiences. They've caught in lights. They've caught this skinwalker kind of, you know, dog apparition whatever you want to call them uh they've caught you know interesting poltergeisty kind of activity they've caught ghost-like activity they've caught uh they've even gone so far as to say that they have seen small figures that look very alien and they don't really want to call them apparitions because they said that they were more solid and this is coming from an episode of portals to hell that they did by the way so check out that episode as well So uh, there's so much stuff that happens in this entire area that if you combined all of the investigations with what's happening right now and what they're disclosing right now, despite that it's all different people, different investigators, different investigation styles, a lot of it matches up with the phenomena. It's not exactly 100% the same phenomena. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, hey, I saw this exact light right here in this place. No, it might be a similar light that's, you know, 20 miles down the basin that you didn't actually know that could show up there and there it is but it's the same phenomena so it's really interesting that we're seeing all this happen and they're trying to figure out why what happened here what caused this and this has only happened what about two started being documented what about 200 years ago yeah that that is the that's the first thing that i saw and that's something a date i really want to dive into because mm-hmm. i want to know what activity first came about 200 years ago um in listening to some of the last podcast on the left series, they did a great one last year that, again, I, I actually want to say I could be wrong with this, but I think their Skinwalker series is what put Hell, You're on the Radar for me because I I he- heard them mention it in the first episode. And I'm like, I think that was the first time it got in my head. And as Henry Zabrowski talked about it more and more and more, I think that's when I finally checked it out. So again, if you're a Hellier fan, you're going to love what's going on over here. Because like you said, about 200 years ago, it starts. And that, I believe, is some of the, the oldest like local sightings. It begins to spread, though. People in that basin, that Uinta Basin, start seeing things for years and years and years, decades. Families are seeing activity, lights in the sky, mm-hmm. just strangeness. Maybe they're seeing animals. Again, there is the fear, the local, well, the, the, the Native American legends of the Skinwalker being out there. And, and I just want to say for future reference, if you guys out there, if anyone knows more about Skinwalkers, please do reach out. We know it's it's definitely a, um, a customary thing. So we definitely don't want to talk about the Skinwalker in any way that would be disrespectful. Um, but the information yeah. we're getting is already fairly like distilled down. It seems like the folks that we're getting it from have already done some diligent work with uh, natives in the area to discuss and talk about what they can and cannot say or or shouldn't even you know go into with the skinwalker. It is it is a true scary figure and legend. I hesitate to even use the word boogeyman, but it kind of invokes those ideas of it is an entity that is you were to keep your distance from and not interact with. 
Right. And we see other kind of entities around other areas, like, you know, you've got the Louisiana Rougarou and all these things. So there's other kind of entities that are similar to this that are, you know, these kind of, as you put it, boogeyman stories, but they're not really boogeyman stories because there's something there. There's a reason why they the stories have lived as long as they have. And so Skinwalker is no different. And there's people that have seen it in everywhere. They've seen, you know, the Skinwalker in Utah. They've seen the Rougarou in other places. So it's going to be interesting to kind of look at these cases and look in to see what's been found and what's been discovered and kind of also maybe do some comparing later on to see if there are similarities to other cases and you know if these things whatever they may be these skinwalker or whatever it is um do translate to other legends i completely agree i completely agree uh, next week's episode, we are going to dive a bit deeper into what we can find out initially speaking on uh, the actual phenomenon itself. We're going to go a little bit deeper into all of these things we touched on today, just because this we wanted to set you guys up for what we're going to be investigating, how wide stretching this phenomena is. Uh, the fact that it wants to stay hidden is an interesting thing on its own. It tends to avoid being caught on camera. It has a energy about it that tends to short out phones, cameras, and we're talking multi-thousand dollar pieces of equipment that, like, I don't know if you caught this on the show, Pagan, mm -hmm. but they're bringing in these outside companies that are doing things like ground imaging radar and stuff like that. Like, very engineering-based things. And I try and be skeptical when I watch TV shows, especially things, again, that are out there by Travel Channel and all that. I just try and take it with a grain of salt. And here we got all these companies coming on who, for all intents and purposes, should want to save face because... If you're doing ground penetrating radar, uh, I'm imagining you're working with construction stuff. You're working maybe federal grants for lands and all like you're doing stuff that people want reliability for you. So when they're coming mm -hmm. out to their ranch and their thousand dollar pieces of hardware breaking live on, well, you know, recorded on these TV shows, it makes me go, that's not in their best interest to fake that. That company would only lose credibility. You know, you just that's not what you want to get on the, the on TV for is like, hey, our, our very expensive ground imaging drone isn't connecting. But mm -hmm. literally, it's not connecting and we have it this expensive. So it always works because credibility is our job. Uh, it, when you see those things kind of fall apart like that, it's like, wow, this to me, that gives me more credibility for the case. I, I just don't imagine these companies would want to lose face like that in any way or, you know, ha have a, their stuff break in these situations. So when the when you see all these Ph.D. folks run through with their 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 sensors and equipment and they're detecting dangerous levels, like you said, of radio waves, of gamma radiation, of all these things that are shorting out phones and all this other stuff. It, it really does make you pause, or at least it should make you pause and want to dive a bit deeper. Did you know Chaos and Shadow has moved to Facebook? That's right. We've got Facebook pages for this show and Revelator Paranormal. Like them today. Become a member on our website and gain exclusive access to our Facebook group. There, you can help us investigate the files, dive deeper, and build this community from the ground up. Huge thank you to all of our supporters. Head over to chaosandshadow.com forward slash subscribe and look for the links in the description to join our Facebook. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the interesting aspect of it, too, is you will actually see them, like, you know, test their phones and stuff like that. They'll they'll hold the, you know, uh, sensors up to their phones. You'll see people that try to really debunk this to see if they turn around and turn a different direction, if it's different. And sometimes it does, it does, you know, kind of go a little lower and then they'll turn and they'll turn back and it's not there and they go to a different direction and it's right there. And it's like, wait a minute, how is this moving? It shouldn't be able to move if there's nothing there. So it's really cool to watch. I encourage you guys to go check out the show. Come investigate with us. Uh, you know, see what you guys can dig up too. Because in also, if you live near there or you've heard stories or you know anything, come tell us about it. Because we really do want to look at this case and kind of give it some interesting eyes to bring it to everybody to say, hey, this is a really cool area. This is a window area. This is something that we cannot explain, but here it is on our planet and we have no idea what causes it. Bingo. Pagan nailed it. That's it. So we want your help. Again, come join us for this investigation because it seems like this is the year, 2020 into 2021, that we're going to get more information on this ranch. It's starting to come out in the open. It's really matching up with a lot of the other phenomena we talk about. If you're into high strangeness, if you're into 14 and stuff you're gonna absolutely love it speaking of 14 we have an upcoming interview with the crew from the singular 14 coming out on the feed that'll be december 11th just so you guys know fantastic website to also bookmark because they report on all of these high strangeness happenings very very cool crew they came on joined us and chatted about uh, just their website, what they've been working on, how they do some of their investigative work. So good stuff for you guys to learn. Again, especially in time for this. If you're looking to become a member with us, if you're looking to support this show, please, please go over to chaosandshadow.com forward slash subscribe and you can become a member. We've got really cool perks up there. We uh, have this amazing Facebook group we've started up. This is the investigative group we've been talking about. Highly encourage you to get in there, get chatting, share information. This is a bunch of like-minded investigators and people that have been into the paranormal. So if you're either just starting out and looking to get involved in a very like helpful, kind of safe environment where people will explain things to you and just not expect stuff, uh, this is fantastic for that. Because it can be a bit daunting. Getting into the paranormal, mm-hmm. if you don't have a guide, can be hard. So let us help you out with that. Let us guide you in some ways. We're on this journey together. We're learning things all the time. And that's what that's what this is about. We're we want to bring people in and and get everyone to start becoming uh, online investigators. Again, this is an investigation we're doing strictly online. We don't encourage anyone to get in touch or start reaching out to these folks. Please respect people's privacy and all of that. Um, but in this case, there's a lot of stuff we can dig up online. Pagan and I would mm-hmm. love the help with it. And it's a wonderful way to support the community. You're getting involved on the ground level, keeping us in business, letting our, us expand our goals. Because, Pagan, we've been uh, doing more with the shop up there, too, right? Want to tell them uh, what have. you've added? Because I think there's some new holiday goodies. There are some new holiday goodies up on the shop. So on the shop right now for the month of December, uh, there is we did away with the home protection kit. Uh, um, that'll come back later in the future, but uh, because it's the holiday, we are doing a Yule spell kit. So if you don't know what Yule is, Yule is basically a occult slash pagan Christmas uh, is the best way to kind of describe it for all that. And so it is usually around the winter solstice, which is around December 21st. Uh, some people kind of have that date vary however they do it. Uh, I think that it, personally for our family, we're doing it December 21st, or I'm sorry, December 20th, apologies. And 
And so, yeah, this is a great little kit that you can add to your Yule altar that you can do for any sort of spell work that you want to do for that, um, or even just an offering for the solstice, whatever you'd like to do. So this is a great way to do that. Um, the next thing that we added was the pet protection spell bottle. Yeah. So if you have dogs, cats, birds, ferrets, whatever your pet may be, you know, pet monkey, if you have it, I, it doesn't matter. This works for all of it. Uh, these little spell bottles, uh, do come sealed. Uh, they also come with a little eye hook so you can hang it. And so they are geared specifically to your pet and they will actually have a piece of paper with your pet's name inside Aww. of it. So it is geared specifically to them. And and this is to keep them healthy. It's to bring them good luck, good fortune, and keep them protected and safe from anything that may want to harm them. So this is a great thing for your pets. You can hang it above their bed, their dog dish. Uh, please don't attach it to their collar or harness because it is made of glass and you know pets are clumsy and they roll over and stuff. And let's just not do that. Let's not hurt them. But this is a great way to do that. This is a great way to just kind of keep it near their stuff. Or if you even have a pet altar at home set up, a lot of people do. I know I do. This is a great place for you to also put that and just to, you know, have it as a constant kind of source of protection towards them, that energy going out. We still have our bad juju blend. Uh, We still have our prosperity incense blend, our Yule incense blend, if you don't want the Yule spell kit, which that is part of it. And we have our prosperity spell bottle out there as well. So those are some great new finds that you can find in the occult shop. Uh, Also, if you do become a member, if you become a contributor or a founder, you do get a coupon to use in the occult shop this month. So head over there and become a member and actually get, I believe it's 15% yeah. So come check that out. Lots of cool stuff going on, you guys. If you haven't checked out the membership program, we have completely revamped it. We are really working on building this community up. So we appreciate all of you out there that take the time to get involved. Uh, if you're looking to do that on social platforms, I would encourage you to go get involved with our Facebook page. We have the Chaos and Shadow page there. Check that out. That's the one we're pushing the most at the moment. Uh, over on Twitter, we have our personal accounts and the Chaos and Shadow podcast account. For all mm-hmm. of that stuff, I highly encourage you guys click into those show notes below. Um, I'm up there at Kyle Paranormal. Pagan, what's your tag again? It is Pagan Wolf underscore 13. Pagan on Pagan Wolf underscore 13. Uh, yes. You got the chaos. I believe we're chaos and shadow. That's terrible. I don't even know. I thing. believe it is chaos and shadow. So <laughs> that or cha- I it's think so it's hard. chaos and shadow. <laughs> you guys, they're, they're um, never, they're never, it is chaos and shadow with nothing at the end. We're chaos and shadow yes. podcast on Instagram. It's always tricky. Twitter doesn't let you have super long ones. So, if anyone out there hasn't tried the username game in a long time, it, it it's tougher than ever <laughs> with all the accounts that exist. But get over there. Get subscribed. Follow those accounts. We are active. We're posting. We'd love to see you guys uh, help us out. It's just amazing to, to get involved with folks. This is what Pagan and I really wanted to do when we started getting into the paranormal. We've been distilling our interests lately, trying to figure out where to go with it. And doing a month-long investigation was something we didn't see a lot of other podcasts doing, and it was something that really aligned with our hearts. Like, we like long-term investigations. We talk about it. So why are we forcing ourselves to jump and run every week to a new subject? Like, I wasn't getting the time to get done with books. You know, we were, we were moving on to the next so quickly, understandably. But now that we can sit down, we can just focus in on what we want. That is our plan. Like Pagan said at the start, this might go on beyond a month. Um, but we are planning some nice break weeks as well. So times that we're going to be covering lighter subjects in between so that everyone can get a breather. We're going to be doing mm-hmm. some uh, scheduling some actual time off for ourselves within our podcast schedule because now we're <laughs> taking care of ourselves like that. 
So again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you to everyone that is taking the time to get involved. Even if it's just a, a like on social media, it means a lot to us, to our members. You really are the lifeblood. You're keeping us going. And Pagan, what do you say we work on hitting a follower goal for our podcast? I would like to see if we can get to 200 followers for the podcast. Uh, I think we can get there because I know at last count we're already over 100 and I want to say we're over 120 now. So for those out there, share the show. Get people subscribing Mm -hmm. on iTunes, on Spotify, uh, really any player they like. There's a way to do it. And and we want to try and hit that 200 goal. So let's keep that going, folks. Yes, indeed. Let's definitely do that. You know, share this show with your friends, share it with your folks, share it with your siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever you want to do. If you get a big family, just, you know, randomly be like, hey, I want to look at your phone really quick (laughs) and then steal their phone and go and subscribe for them whatever you want to do is totally great we just encourage you guys to help us get there not only that we will probably if we get that goal offer up something really cool for you guys so help us get there we will do something really awesome for you guys probably some sort of giveaway of something maybe Uh we'll give away something from the shop huh maybe i don't know i don't know we gotta get there first and then we'll talk about it i like it so (laughs) let's do it and help us get there and then we'll move on to our next goal after that we have like a list of goals that we we want to hit Oh, it's so fun. you guys can help us make this happen. Thank you again, everyone out there listening. We will catch up with you next week as we dive deeper into the case. Do not hesitate to reach out at all. All of the links are in your podcast show notes, wherever you're listening to us. Join us in the next episode. Join us before then. Again, chaosandshadow.com for all your needs. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.